0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. There's an repeated fact that the humble bumblebee defies all known laws of physics every time it flaps its tiny little bee wings and ascends to the sky. If you worked out the maths behind the flight of the bumblebee, you'll find that it actually shouldn't be able to fly so long as you don't take into account the fact that it is a bee. What is this guy talking about? <laughs> Where did you find I mean,
1: that hey, guy? Hey, hey, if
2: you want that bee facts, how your boy? Is this guy just rambling about. Oh the, oh, the song was, and the song the flight of the bumblebee.
3: Well, no, he was he was claiming that the that the myth that bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly is false. It is like it was like a ten minute video. I didn't want to play the ten whole minutes. Thing. Yeah, wait. You there's have, a myth that bumblebee shouldn't be able to fly. Well, remember the whole thing. If you take in the fact that bumblebee they shouldn't be able to fly with their little tiny wings, and so I
1: didn't know that. I expected you to know that. Disappointed. I mean, why? it was a myth. It's not true. Yeah, or...
3: it's not.
2: Hey, Brent, they fly, so it's obviously a myth.
3: That's hey, his I don't point. have time
2: for the fake news like conspiracy theorists out there. But though.
3: here's the thing: it was an entire 10-minute video, and at the end, he goes. It's a myth, because obviously they can fly, and I'm like, you could See, just this is,
2: the, this is the the This is the problem with these people out here. Like This is why people don't take honeybees seriously, it's because you have these cockamania people over there where it's just like, check out my conspiracy theory about bees. Nah, man, stick with us in the, in the pool over here. We got facts, all right? We got interesting things to say. Don't go over there with the with, with the yahoos and the wackos talking about conspiracy theories. We don't got time for that, Brent. Bees are too important for
1: that, man. Yeah, bees are very important. So uh the And, and, and you got to stop tweeting out that it's my birthday. I'm just trying to get everybody to jump in and wish you a happy birthday. I feel like that's kind of a nice thing to do.
2: You know what? It's gone from a happy birthday to an adequate birthday. <laughs> and pretty soon we're going to go from a meh birthday.
1: Uh the um uh, First Goes Bubbler wishes you uh, plenty of Miller Highlights.
2: Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. The champagne of beers, if you will. Uh, yeah, I'm going
1: to have a couple of those in my steak tonight. Thank you. Hey, a few things. Um, did you see uh, Matthew Rank? He said, let's not talk Jags today. Okay. He, he tweeted at us this morning. Okay. And uh, instead, let's talk about, let's see what he said. No need to talk Jags. Just talk about increasing demand for outdoor fire pits. Oh, I saw this. I was tagged in this. That was fantastic. Yeah. I really do think we're going to start a fire pit club. All two of you, all two two of you in the city.
2: Hey, you see? Hey, I mean, hey, coast to coast. Hey, let me ask you this: Let me ask you this: Did you guys have your fun? Did you have your fun the past whatever week when it was like below sixty degrees? Because now, hey, because now we're back to hundred percent humidity and eighty degrees. Hope you had your fun.
1: It was a little. Hope you had your two days. It was a little long. Uh, I mean, a little warm out there. Yeah. Yesterday. Oh, did you have it going yesterday? Uh no no oh, I'm just okay. saying out there for the game I, I even said you. come on it's too hot for November we, want, we need a little breeze yeah. here we need a little, I mean it wasn't palm hot. trees
2: changing colors let's get some of that going yeah, can't we get need, any of that we huh? need
1: we need a little bit of colder yeah we need snow we just need a little cooler yeah sweatshirt weather it's okay uh by the way if you're just catching in on the day uh, Dow Jones is off the charts um, oh if you're into that stuff going uh, to check my stuff real quick yeah you might mm. want to off the charts good like at one time gained seventeen hundred points today. I don't know if that's still well, the case. Is it gone down?
2: Oh, no. It's going good for some people, I guess. Some <laughs> people it's not going so good for.
1: Well, I can tell you this. If you had Pfizer, then it's going they, well. Why? What, they come out with some new... You didn't something? see that today? No. What the heck's this hey,
2: guy been doing? Like I'm 32 90. years
1: old. I'm 33 now. What do you know about Pfizer for? I'm they, good. Because they're it? about to end the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah, they came out with a 90% Let me vaccine. Ah. So they, they start making Viagra, now they're
2: on something new. Whatever. Both work. Stuff, yeah. As long as both work.
3: <laughs> 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 of, well, never mind. The, <laughs> <I was> saying, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the St. Augustine Bridge down, down is stuck up. So, <laughs> <laughs> never mind.
2: <laughs> Perfect timing, Goose.
3: Wait, what? <laughs> never
2: <laughs> Wait, mind, so, just keep going. So, so, so oh, man, we are doing so good last week, too. And then you had to pull him. You had to pull Why'd you Wait. pull them? What did the analytics say? Should have kept them in
1: there. We brought Kuz back in. So was that a line from you, Kuz, or is that reality?
3: That would that, Hey, uh, that's just actually what's happening right now. It's on social media.
1: <laughs> so Pfizer's making a cure. Is that where we're at? Somehow all these things are t- uh, blended in Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's an injection pill. What are we talking? Oh, listen, I don't know all that stuff. Oh, right? well, you guys bring bringing news to the table. Let's what do did our you research. do all day to not to know that? Stay off social media, first of all, because my birthday. <laughs> I don't want any happy birthdays. I mean, what have you done on your birthday? What What did you do? Go work out?
2: Uh, did yeah. You, so did you train I trained some people. So today? I trained people this morning. Yep, I got my own little workout, and after that, uh, my wife and I opened up <laughs> and
1: had to get a checking
2: account open because um, for Wells Fargo. Shout to Wells Fargo, lovely people in Wells Fargo. Had to open up up a checking account because, as you know me, every once in a while, you know, I'll place a couple bets down. Well, if <laughs> I place a couple bets down, I got some money back, turns out that the check that I got the, for, the, for the bet that I made, uh, it's from a different country. So you just can't cash it, you just can't mold deposit, and I can't send it to my bank because they're not around here. So I had to open up a separate checking account just so I could cash the check that I had from a few bets
1: here or there. You know, This is like in a, uh, I mean, this was not in the background check. No, what um, betting? Uh, I mean, you know, whatever you're getting from other countries, well, I don't know. Well,
2: uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I've said too much already. Yeah, yeah, I think you have. I have. Yeah. So Bitcoin? It's
2: uh, a, well, I wish I could Bitcoin. <laughs> looking back on it now. wonder what Bitcoin's doing today? Yeah, yeah. The lady's like, so what brings you in today? I'm like, well, got a check here from, <laughs> can I, from Canada. That's from Canada, by the way. Got a check here from Canada. I can't cash it anywhere else, so can I have a checking account, please, so I can cash this bad boy and I'll be out of my way. <laughs> I don't care about your stock options, your investments, just cash this check, give me an account, and let's go. These are big moments for you, credit card. I know. And new checking account yeah. in the last year. Yeah, but now me and my wife on the same one, so look at us go. Uh, that's congratulations, I Thank think, you. for we'll her. See, we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. Well, she's going to be a doctor in a couple years, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she might have a couple, yeah. of, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe a Swiss bank account or
3: something. Yeah. Uh, I think the, it's a shot, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to read the article quick. I, I don't
1: care. Decide. The bottom right. line is they might have one, and the stocks are going crazy. So if cool. you're into that stuff, I'm just passing it along. Cool. Um, we, we are all off the rails right now. Yeah. How about yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Jags defense.
2: We getting into that finally?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jags defense, uh, I so, thought it looked a little bit different. Listen, bottom line is they didn't allow 30 points they, in a game for the first time since week one. They also... Did not uh, give, they gave up just a touchdown in the second half. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And again, it's really weird, right? Even in the first half, I'm like, I feel like they're playing pretty good football right now. We've done this a couple of times in the last month. I feel like they're playing pretty good football. You look up, they got 20 points. Houston's got 20 points. They're well yeah. on their way for another 30 point yeah. day. And I'll be honest with you, Doug Moreau will always sit here and tell you, and I think he's right, that the 27th point shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Should have been a delay of game. Yeah. Now, maybe they end up scoring somewhere along the way, but it shouldn't have happened on that play. So, overall, I thought their defense played well. They mixed it up a bit. Taven Bryan benched. Doug Costin goes in there, although now he's in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jones did not play as much. Uh, Daniel Thomas from Auburn played. I think Daniel Thomas, about the last couple of weeks, has been really good. Special teams and, you know, noticeably good on defense, too. Yeah. So, but they but they looked different with the pressure Herndon brought, yeah. with some of the things they tried, even chase on up the middle the The series down near the end zone, I thought said a lot. Mm-hmm. you know they almost got a safety on two occasions they They didn't sit back there and wait for things to happen. They went and attacked. I thought they were in attack mode yesterday, a little bit more uh, did my eyes tell me right.
2: Uh, Your eyes definitely did tell you right. Did you notice one fundamental difference from yesterday's game from what you've been seeing in terms of how this defensive line and their blitzes were working? Maybe not. I mean, it's kind
1: of hard to tell by the casual eye. No, we... We said last night on TV, we thought that they had more guys around the line of scrimmage than normally. Warmer. And some of those guys, and I'm not sure if it was, I looked on a couple occasions, it Mm -hmm. wasn't always Chase on and Allen, but some of those guys were standing up. Nailed it, Brent. See? Casual, my, you
2: know what? You're you're an expert in this stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm starting to rub off on you a little bit, and I appreciate it. Yes, they were standing up, right? Like they weren't necessarily in a gap. They were in their three-point stances. Usually, everyone on the defensive line or the linebackers, whatever, they were standing up. And this is what we like to call a psycho package. Now, the reason why I'm so familiar with this is because when I was coming out of the Combine back in 2010 and I was meeting with teams, this was one my one draw to the Green Bay Packers. Now, the defense that they ran, I didn't really fit too well in their like their scheme per se, but I did fit well into their psycho package. The ironic thing about the psycho package There's is There's
1: a lot of irony there.
2: I know, right? Uh the the I, the, the thing about the psycho package is so ironic is the fact that this is Dom Capers' baby. Like, Dom Capers designed this whole thing. He was the first guy to start implementing guys standing up. And what it does, it puts stress on the offensive line. And it puts it puts stress on the quarterback because now you have, like, all right, so say, for instance, say you got Josh Allen, you got Chase Allen on one side. Well, one would think, well, the pressure's going to come from that side. They're the two best pass rushers. But then all of a sudden, one of them drops back. Now all of a sudden, there's a cornerback blitzing. If you're a center, if you're a quarterback, it's hard to identify where the pressure's coming from. That causes confusion. Confusion leads to, you know, delayed in timing. Delayed in timing leads to sacks. And that's what we saw yesterday a little bit. Now, let's be honest. They got two sacks yesterday. Yeah. They, had, they had a little more pressure.
1: Watson's escapability prevented a few more. Oh, yeah, big time, for sure. But with that being
2: said, though, we saw a new wrinkle. And this could be what the Crazy, you know, stuff, let's just call it. And I say that in quotations that Doug Marone was talking about a little bit. Where when you generate, when you have four pass rushers, you can't generate anything. You got to do different things. Like I said, though, it's just so ironic that they had Dom Capers here last year, right? And we didn't really see a lot of this. Now all of a sudden he's gone. I'm not even sure where he's at anymore. I know he was not here anymore. I don't. He was like an advisor last year. My
1: guess is he's yeah. gone back into kind of retirement. Okay. Well, That's my guess. Well, hey,
2: maybe he had some some kind of, you know, wa- I say that loosely, uh, the pun, but maybe he had some kind of wash on this team where it's like, hey, you guys should try this cycle package out, what well, we saw it yesterday, and it paid dividends for them.
1: Yeah. I Listen, I appreciate they did change and it looked a little bit different. Yeah. Uh I get that. I think they force the issue a bit more. This is a defense that sits back and and waits and tries to keep everything in front of them. Mm -hmm. I think they force the issue. And what happens when you force the issue, you might screw up a big play. Well, first two minutes of the game, Jags score. Then they go down and score. More on the tackling part Mm -hmm. of it. But still, they go score on a big play. Later in the game, the Will Fuller play scored a big play i'm not saying that's directly related to the cycle package i'm just telling you that's what the jags don't want to do under this scheme yeah. they don't want to give up that play yeah but i don't mind them taking some chances to create some opportunities and give up that play because sitting back and waiting has gotten you 30 points or more six straight weeks yeah so i appreciate the fact that they did change things again they're they're void of some talent that they need at certain spots mm. they just aren't talented enough mm-hmm. that that They did not play poorly on defense, in my opinion. I thought they played pretty well at times. I thought they called a pretty good game. I think they're void of some talent. Not void of all talent. They're just void of enough talent to maybe turn yesterday's game plan into like a 13-point effort from Houston. Well, and listen, and
2: the Jaguars aren't the only team that's doing this right now, but... There are two schools of theory of why this is a good call or a bad call. Now, I think it's a great call because obviously it paid dividends. Now, yes, Deshaun Watson broke up one point where he broke. I forgot like what, who even the, the tackler was, but he should have been sacked dead to rights. Yeah, he he breaks out. Them. Yeah,
1: he broke four of them on exactly. the, late, late in the game on the third yeah, down.
2: Yeah, but with that being said, though, there's two schools of thought here with this psycho package. Now. Hopefully they keep on running it because, let's be honest, you, you can run so many different kind of looks from this. Yeah, it's kind of like a 3-4 a little bit, which I've been kind of calling for since they drafted Josh Allen. But it's like a 3-4 on steroids. And like I said, the whole point of this package is to disguise where the blitz is coming from. Sometimes you've got nose tackles dropping into coverage. Sometimes there's a the three technique dropping. Sometimes the defensive end's dropping. Sometimes nobody's dropping. Like, you never know where it's coming from. And as long as everyone's on the same page, you can be successful. Two things, though, with this thing, and this is why some people don't like using it. Number one, if you're standing up and you're not in a track stance, well, that takes away from the get-off, right? And a lot of defensive line coaches out there are going to tell you the most important thing about playing defensive line, especially in terms of the pass rush, is your get-off. And some defensive line coaches out there, I might have played for a couple of them, are going to tell you if you stand up and your legs are kind of parallel, that does you no good. All you are are a decoy. All you are is a guy that's taking up space. You're not trying to get to the quarterback. If you go back and break those two sacks down, there is a little bit of that, right? There is a little bit of cannon fodder where you have defensive tackles kind of just, you know, mirroring a little bit, not really working any kind of moves, but they're getting the offensive lion's attention. So that's the first thing. Second thing mobile quarterbacks, right? Mobile quarterbacks are the, the future of the NFL. Deshaun Watson, we saw it yesterday. Aaron Rodgers it can be mobile in his own right. There's a lot of mobile quarterbacks out there. Like Lamar Jackson, get ready to play him as well. With this kind of coverage, with this kind of defense in that psycho package, it's all about rush lanes. Remember what I've been saying, rush lane integrity, the past five, six weeks where quarterbacks just take off and run? Well, this is amplified now because... As opposed to having maybe four or five rush lanes where, okay, he's blitzing, so be it. No, now you have to take into account, is the cornerback going to blitz? Now you have to take into account, well, where's the three technique going to step to? So you have all these rush lanes that you have to make up for. You have to make sure that everyone's on the same page when you run this kind of look. Because if not, and you saw it a little bit with Deshaun Watson, but it could be amplified with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and, and what whatnot.
1: So. Yeah, so it'll be... Uh yeah, I've got a feeling you might break some of this down on the wall that says it all a little bit later I on. I just may, week. Brent. I just may. Uh, so it, anyway, I, I like the fact that it was a wrinkle. Yes. Right. Like to us, it's not like this crazy bleep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mix a few personnel, you wrinkle things up a little bit. But to them, I think it is. I mean, mm-hmm. again, this is outside of the scheme that Todd Wash normally runs. Yes. They don't believe in this mm-hmm. they believe in rushing for and and not doing all this stuff and they believe in simplicity and rushing for that's what this scheme yes. be, is is built on yep. and so for them to mix it up again i tip my cap to them and now will they continue to do that can they have wrinkles uh, i'll say this two guys are in my opinion that have really caught my attention and maybe not the right guys. so because there's a couple more other guys that that i need to catch yeah. my attention yeah but miles jack is playing out of his mind it seems like I mean, I
2: think he's at an all pro level. Right I mean, now. he
1: is at it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Maybe Miles should never talk to the media again, because since he never <laughs> talked to the media, he's playing the best football of his career. Yeah. And I like Miles. So I'd like you to talk to the media. Yeah, but yeah. I'd like to see why I change all this stuff. But well, yeah, he's playing fantastic mind
2: football. He's also a big B guy as well. So I like the <laughs> that. Point. He's a B. See what happens? Sam, so as you start doing B stuff? That's a good point. Look at all pro level right now. And let's be honest. He probably should be an all pro, except the defense, obviously, as a whole yeah. is struggling. So I wonder if he's not going to get the recognition and the accolades that he deserves just because he's on a defense right now that's obviously pressing and struggling. He's a
1: B keeper and a D keeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of D, how about Devon Hamilton showed up again? Yeah. I, I am yeah. noticing 52. i you that? How's that treating you? I've t- told you this a long time. I don't try to lie to you here. I don't need to go check the tape and all that. Stuff, all right. I don't do that. But I can tell you when a guy stands out, especially if he's in the middle. Yep. And the middle doesn't usually stand out, you know, mm-hmm. unless they get back there to make a sack. But 52 is around that quarterback and around that football and around that running back in the backfield. And he is starting to come to life. Now, he get the recovery. It was a great play by Miles Jack, obviously Hamilton. That's not even the play I'm talking about. I'm just saying he is around the football. I might notice him more because he's 52. I was right? going to say, man, <laughs> man. The, you got to change that number. With all I, the like about, I like I don't it. Like it man. I like I don't it. I like it. It rubs me the wrong way. All right, let's get Steven in real quick. Talk about the defense. Uh, Action Sports shots on ESPN 690. Happy Monday, Steven.
0: Yeah, not Miserable Monday, huh? Nah,
1: Not really. I mean, maybe for – Oh, uh, we couldn't Depends make it a Miserable Monday to. at Austin's birthday, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would hurt. Uh, Well, I had a question, but Austin kind of answered it, that huge package they were running, which I think they should run more of. So he kind of took that question away from me. Sorry about that. That's uh, what no, we do. Uh, okay, I guess, uh, in your opinion, should they consider maybe that against – somebody like Aaron Rodgers or maybe uh, Jackson in the coming games. God, you, you took away my question. Now my my mind is no, just okay. off. No, it's,
1: it's <laughs> just, just say happy birthday to Austin and get off the phone.
0: <laughs> okay, that was kind of hurtful, but happy birthday, our syndicate leader. <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: Hey, and on behalf of Brent Martin, I apologize. How rude was that, Brent? Well, I'm just to help him out. Caller,
1: man. He is, but no. I, mean, I mean, we answered we the question. No, no, yeah, we, we did. But he um, asked a good question, actually. It was, a, it was a fantastic I was question. thinking of the same. Yeah. Can you do that against Aaron Rodgers?
2: It's like I said, you, you got to mind your P's and Q's, right? Um, you can do that. It may I have the the best effect on Aaron Rodgers like had and Deshaun Watson, let's be honest. There's not a coverage. There's not a blitzing scheme that this offensive line in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers hasn't seen, right? So I feel like the whole point of that blitzing package or whatever they, they ran was to rattle Deshaun Watson. And you rattle them a little bit. I'm not sure if this is how you go about rattling Aaron Rodgers, but you know what? If I'm Todd Walsh right now – uh I'm going all in with this because you've had success, so so keep rolling with it until you don't anymore. But in terms of Lamar Jackson, though, I would run with Lamar Jackson because he's pressing this year. I mean, I'm not sure if you watched that Ravens game yesterday against the Colts. No, yeah, they – they were very decisive in their victory but lamar jackson still does not look like himself and i think that if you can get in the backfield you can rattle and you can confuse them well they get the advantage there so aaron Rodgers, yeah maybe lamar jackson absolutely psycho packages for everybody
1: yeah i i think that'll be an interesting thing to watch yeah let's we gotta take a break and uh we go to a break all right let's take a break and then we'll come back talk a little bit more about the nfl i want to get to the gators too uh and a little bit of georgia but more about the gators and what we saw Saturday here in Jacksonville was a good weekend of football. Yeah. You know, listen, bottom line is, well, actually, you know, the Jags game was better than the Gators game. <laughs> I mean, who thought that would happen? True. Especially the way it started for the Gators. It, it, it was a wild first quarter. But yeah. after that, I mean, the Gators took control in the second quarter. It really wasn't much a game. It was actually a boring second half. Yeah. Um, what does it mean for them? We also saw that was a good game, Clemson-Notre Dame. I mean, that was a really good game. Yeah. Now,
2: listen, it, it delayed Saturday Night Live a little bit. As if you didn't know another reason to hate Notre Dame, well, now you're on an NBC, and I'm waiting for Saturday Night Live But a fantastic game. Did you watch Saturday Night Live? Probably
1: not. You know, you weren't that cool. It's all right. I sat out on my fireplace instead. <laughs> hey, a real ball would have had a TV outside. Yeah. Set your game up. In fact, Kingsbury's got two of I didn't. I, I thought about what... We'll get into Saturday Night Live a little bit. I want your thoughts on it. I got a thought on it. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, when we come back along with some NFL and, and college talk. It's on the way on ESPN 690.
2: Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird
1: right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. you got doves flying and mother <laughs> birds all week. I'm, I mean. tra- I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't
0: get to it. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. Dennis Johnson, a lead for Bird. They want him to,
1: they want him to keep scoring, too. Bird takes the jump and hits it again. very Larry, Larry. (laughs) If you're just jumping in, requested by Austin Lane, Larry Bird highlights on his 33rd birthday. Wait, 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 when's that Larry Bird
2: last dance documentary coming out? (laughs) When's that snooze fest going to drop? Hopefully soon. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. I'm ready for it. You see that they're making Stone Cold Steve Austin one now? That's the the producer from... Um, the Last Dance. Really, he's working on a Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. He, he's a wrestler, by the way. I've heard of him. As you should have.
1: He's he's a, he's a popular icon. So what's what's like? Give me something from his deep background. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, like before the Texas he Texas be- rattlesnake. You talking about? Before he became popular wrestler. Yeah. Give me something that. Why would I watch a movie about him? Okay, great. He's a wrestling icon well it's not a documentary it's uh it's i mean it's a documentary it's not a movie yeah um like so why does it make it documentary worthy yeah like what give me well okay so i mean like the rock played football right then be then became big wrestler then now is an icon and in like i see the documentary there how did it all fall you know yeah what was the before for stone cold steve austin
2: i mean i think he was always kind of in the professional wrestling business um it's funny because a lot of his characters before, uh, like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin gimmick, like, he's part of like this tag team called The Hollywood Blondes with Brian Pillman. And it was like he was, like, a pretty boy. And he was, like, you know, like, this real machismo type of dude. And then he changed the whole gimmick around and became Stone Cold Steve Austin, a.k.a., like, the anti-hero. And... While his story before that, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know much about his story before that. But what sells the documentary and what makes it so big is because, to me, Stone Cold Steve Austin even more than The Rock, like he defined a generation. Like he not only did he define a generation of wrestling. But he defined just, like, the whole generation of an attitude, right, where it was, like, anti-establishment. And it didn't matter if you're growing up in the country, if you're growing up in the inner cities. Like, it didn't matter the color of your skin. Like, you knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was. And you tuned in to watch it just because, like, it was must-see TV. So, like, that's the that's what I hope that they portray, which I'm sure they're gonna. Is just the whole anti-hero, where that
1: came from, um, and just like the you know the rise to prominence. He became to me. Uh, this is probably a terrible analogy, but he changed wrestling, in my opinion. Again, you got to remember now. I'm just like super casual. No, I but I watched a lot of wrestling growing sure. up as a kid, yeah. and so then I watched the early years, probably as Stone Cold Steve Austin. But yeah. to me, he changed it. Maybe like, I don't know. I'm going to give you two guys just so you get – this will be a dramatization of, of my analogy. Like, Eddie Murphy and Andrew Dice Clay changed comedy. Oh, yeah, I got you. You know? Yeah. Be- like, the fact that it became no-holds-barred yeah, in wrestling. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you could get away with stuff. Who cares if it was on TV on Saturday morning <laughs> yeah. and kids were watching? Like, <laughs> yeah, Stone yeah. Cold Austin didn't care. He was yeah. going to drink a beer yeah, on yeah. the set or smash one over his head yeah. or whatever, right? I yeah. mean, that kind of stuff I don't remember – until Stone Cold Steve Austin came along. Like, I don't remember that as a kid. Like, it was just kind of wrestling with some sure. of the fun well, and the. And let's the, be
2: honest. Like, you had, like, your, your Macho Mans and your Hulk Hogans and your. It, it was very. But that it was, was very all traditional.
1: Talking, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? It
2: was very traditional. Cutting the promos, things like that. You had the heel. You had the, you know, the face. Um, it was very just choreographed and just traditional. Clean cut. Exactly. Kinda, right? Well said. Well said. And then you had this guy and then, come out and just come on just. Turn the game on its head.
1: Yeah, I mean, then yeah. you started using the beat me- bleep machine and, yeah. and stuff like that with them. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's and I don't know if I'm. That's an accurate. depiction. No, that's that's dead on. That's a great assessment. But and by the way, I don't even know. I don't know comedy well enough to know if. I mean, I know Andrew Dice Clay really. Yeah. But I don't even know if Eddie Murphy would be a good example. But my point, it was no longer clean stuff. I mean, it was it yeah. could be hardcore block your ears, yeah. watch out where the kids are type of stuff, and yeah. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin did that a little bit to wrestling, and you kind of wonder, okay, should your kid be watching this right now? For sure. Right? So,
2: no, I'm sure my mom thought that many times, <laughs> as my stepdad and I are watching him drive a, a Zamboni in Detroit, and then, you know, beating the crap out of Vince McMahon, and <laughs> he gets carried away and arrested, and then he comes back again, like, I remember all of those instances, and I think, and let's not get it twisted, he is by far my favorite wrestler of all time, and my peak Stone Cold Steve Austin fandom, and... You know, I put my mom through a lot, and this is one of those times I put her through something. I got a T-shirt in the mail from WWE headquarters. We ordered it, and it said, Rattlesnake out of hell on the back of it. It was because they call them the Texas Rattlesnake. So it was a Rattlesnake head. Um, it had, like, a red background, and then it had the phrase, Rattlesnake out of hell. I was wearing that shirt to school. Now, I knew dang well that when I walked through those doors, I'd probably get in trouble. I might get a referral. Probably not going to get suspended, but I knew there was going to be some kind of repercussions. I didn't care. My goal was to see my friend's reaction as I walked through the door with a brand-new Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt saying, look what mom let me buy, and I did it. The principal saw in a in a heartbeat. I had to turn the shirt inside out, but I didn't care, man, because I had all eyes on me for a little bit.
1: We are going to talk uh, Florida Gators and how good are they after Saturday's game right here in Jacksonville in a moment, but uh, <laughs> ring the bell for Mississippi State in a not-so-good way. Because uh, they have so many positive tests. Their game against Auburn is off already. We're here on a Monday. Wow. Okay, so that game is not going to be played. By the way, Texas A&M has shut down practice uh, after receiving multiple tests. LSU's game against Alabama in jeopardy because LSU received multiple tests. They might just not want to play Alabama the way they've looked. Um, And I'm kidding. A little tongue-in-cheek there. But... uh, (laughs) The uh, there's a mess right now in the SEC uh, yeah. with COVID-19 in in terms of how they're going to uh, handle this. So we could see um, quite a few cancellations coming up. And remember now, there's only one window of opportunity to make up games. Florida's already doing that against LSU on mm-hmm. the 12th before the SEC championship game. So it'll be very interesting to see how this impacts college football uh, going forward, or at least the SEC going forward. Again, win percentages could come into play. I mean listen, I mean Mississippi State and, and Auburn probably not much of a game the way Mississippi State's played. Uh LSU and Bama probably not much of a game anyway, mm-hmm. the way that's happened. So we'll keep our eye on it. But uh that's some of the news coming out of college football today. Also, injury report on future Jaguar Kyle Pitts, uh tight end of the Florida Gators. <laughs> yeah, and, you only hope. Uh he is uh questionable. This right. coming week uh, against Arkansas with a concussion took a big hit. He did. Uh, in that game, there, there was a big hit. There were some serious injuries. Obviously, the touchdown catch injury was gross in that game. Oof. Uh, so feel bad for that young man. Do you, should they cut them replaying it? Listen, you know, uh, it's been back I, and forth. We it's went back and forth. It's yeah. an interesting thing that nobody, I don't know where that is like, uh, where that's come from so recently, right? It feels like this is oh, oh don't show it again, don't show it again, don't show it again. So do we not want to see it again because we don't want to see it again? Or do we are we trying to protect the young man, the person, the athlete from hey, nobody needs to see that. You know, I don't know yeah. I don't know if it's like rated R viewing. Mm-hmm. And we just are uncomfortable seeing it. So everybody's on Twitter saying, please don't show that again. Don't show that again. What are you doing? Or if it's like, hey, with respect to the the person that's being hurt, let's not show that again. So I don't really know where the people lie. See, I think the I think the TV networks try to shy away from that for both reasons, really. I think they say, hey, people don't need to see this a bunch. The difference of that play is you weren't sure it was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of had to show it to showcase whether it was a touchdown or not. That's what made that one a little bit different, Uh, and obviously it was pretty gruesome one. Yeah, I mean, so I was okay with them showing it because they kind. of – I mean, it was in the. That's how they broadcast games, man. I mean, they've got a guy in the booth saying, "Did he score or not?" Yeah, Uh, maybe they showed it one or two times too many. I wasn't offended with how they showed it though, because I thought it had to do with. Seven points or not?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have the you know the, the squeamiest of, of stomachs here, but like when it comes to injuries like that, I mean, I don't have to see that again. And maybe it's for my my own um, selfishness where, dude, I, like anytime I see a leg you know or turn like yeah, that, I it's mean, it's it's, it's it's not. I could see it in it's, live it's action hard in the too. was oh, like, oh, and then you know, like you see him in pain. I mean, like. Yeah, it's it's just rough, but then also you feel bad for him, right? And your your heart goes out to him. So I think it's a combination of your own selfishness of like, ugh, I don't want to see that again. And it's also you feel bad for the gentleman that's got hurt. I I think it's like this though. I mean, you can turn away and that's fine. Like right, like what's the the big deal? But at the same time, I think out of respect to the player, though, like, I didn't have to see it five times. I could have, hey, I would have took the announcer at their word. Okay, it was a touchdown, it was a touchdown. I don't got to see it again. I'll trust your word on this one, okay? I'll put all my chips, and I'll go with you on this one and say, I think you're going to make the right call. Yeah. So I don't have to see the, the replays over and over again.
1: Nestler even said, he's like, well, I think this is the last time you're going to see it. He was almost like, hey, stop showing it. Yeah. You, know, you could yeah. you could sense that was the case. All right, uh, about the game. All right, listen. We sat here Friday. This did not surprise me. Florida is better. Yeah. They're better yeah. offensively. And this is an offensive world. And sure, uh, Georgia's defense built to be pretty good, but it doesn't matter. You can't stop people with good offenses. You can't. You cannot stop them. In college football, Dan Mullen's brilliant at calling plays. Kyle Trask and him are on the same page. They have too many weapons. I thought they did a great job against Kadarius Toney, and it didn't matter. They got backups catching balls. I think, by the way, I mean, how about the wheel route? Holy cow. I mean, he created matchups. Give a ton of credit to Dan Mullen. He didn't use his receivers, who are very good. Mm -hmm. He didn't even use... Like, Pitts as much as I thought he would in the early going. I mean, they ended up getting it to him. It wasn't Tony that was killing the Gators. They used the speed of the backs out of the backfield and then even on a tight end play on one of the touchdowns to sneak guys out. And the wheel route, in my opinion, if executed, is almost indefensible. Uh, It depends what you have. You have to have a fast linebacker. Well, or if, you, if your linebacker's on the running back, true. it's not an easy throw by the quarterback. But if he's good at that and you've got speed on the backfield, I think it's a very. if you have Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield and you have Drew Brees, how do you defend it in the NFL? It's very difficult. It's zone coverage. So I defend it. And listen, I think that
2: Dan Mullen did a great job of using Kirby Smart's. I want to be able to say this. Using his own ego against him, what should you say? Because the whole time in preparation to the Florida-Georgia game, what was the big talking point that we were all talking about? What, what was the world talking about? Georgia's defense. Yeah. Right? Best defense in college football. Best defense in college football. Non-stop. And, you know, and obviously they, they took a step back against Florida, but Florida's high-powered offense, yada, yada, yada. I still think Georgia's defense is probably one of the best in the country. Okay? I'm not going to let one game um, sway me from that uh, opinion. But what I did see in Kirby Smart's defense is a defense that was not willing to make adjustments because he thought he had it taken care of. And when we talk about the wheel route, it's simple. If you're going to go man coverage and you put a linebacker uh, on a running back, unless you have Patrick Willis back there playing the outside linebacker, I, I like my chances, okay? I like my chances um, for that running back. Now, if you're, you know, if, if you're smart, you got to say, okay. They're obviously trying to exploit our linebackers right now. They keep on running that wheel route. So then go cover three. Go cover two. Do something else. But don't give up that route anymore because that, that route was ran, like, what, eight times? I think nine times. It was nonstop. It was at least a handful of yeah, times. Yeah, it was a lot of times. So Which, yeah, and
1: good good for They kept going back to the well.
2: Because Smart. Because it was, cause I was working. So shout out to Dan Mullen for, listen, I, I, I'm guilty of this, too. I was talking about how George defense is going to shut him down, yada, yada, yada. Well, they didn't shut him down. A lot of that had to do with... Winning your one-on-one matchups and Dan Mullen taking what the defense was giving him.
1: All right, so now we know that offense is that good against a, a good Georgia defense. They yeah. listen, we'll talk Georgia later on. The bottom line is they don't have a quarterback. They're much—they're like, no different than Florida State. I mean, Florida State, and they just don't have the quarterbacks right now. No different than Miami's been. No different than Florida was earlier this decade. Yeah. When you don't have the quarterback and, you know, Kirby made that mess potentially by making the more move with Justin Fields. I I can't believe they couldn't bring in Carson Beck or JT Daniels to throw it better than, than these guys were throwing it. I know. But that's on them. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the week goes on. This is about Florida. And is Florida good enough to beat Alabama. Is Florida now has the SEC East in hand? They're going to Atlanta. Next up, can you beat Alabama? Then you're in the Final Four picture. Then yeah. are you good enough to play with Clemson or Notre Dame or Ohio State? Are you good enough to win it all? And here's what I know this is an offensive game. Correct. And Florida has just as good of an offense, in my opinion, just as explosive. Now, if we want to pick. You know, get real picky here and there. Well, they might not be better at the right guard spot, or they might not have the power running game that. I'm I'm okay with that. We can break that down. My point is, if you're going to put a bucket of offenses together, Mm -hmm. you're going to put Alabama, you're going to put Clemson, you're going to put Florida, you're going to put Ohio State, all in the same bucket. Yeah, sure. And they're in that bucket, and so if they're in that bucket, and they got a guy that might be able to go to New York and win a Heisman aren't they good enough to win a national title this day and age in college football where, quite frankly, if you're good on offense, it's hard to stop you.
2: No, it is. But I can make a point and say, well, then how come Ole Miss isn't a lot better than what they are right now? Right? Because Ole Miss is one of the best offenses in the country, too. Because sometimes you have bad games.
1: And the reason. by the way, they went toe-to-toe. They don't have the athletes Alabama and Florida has, but they went toe-to-toe with them because they're that good on offense. Sure. No, absolutely. But at the
2: same time, though, I think at the end of the day, You have to be able to do both things, and this is why I think Alabama is ahead of Florida in terms of how we're talking about offenses, because Alabama can beat you. They can run the clock out and run the ball, obviously, with probably one of the best running backs in the game of college football right now, and they also still have the receivers even though they lost their main one, but they still have receivers and a quarterback that can throw the ball deep. If it's hard to game plan for like if I'm Alabama right now, I'm saying, all right, we gotta stop the explosive plays. We gotta stop the wheel route. I'm not too worried about stacking the box against Florida's run. Let's not worry about that. Let's stop in the pass game. Let's get after the quarterback. Let's send some blitzes. Yada yada yada. But I'm not worried about that run game. That that can make a big difference,
1: Brent. I have two common games to look at Ole Miss and also Georgia. And I don't see much of a difference in the way the games were played mm. with Florida and Alabama. See, I think with the, the Alabama Ole Miss game, though, I think a little bit was actually Saban's ego worries. Like, Maybe.
2: I'm not going to slow the game down. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to out Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin. Basically, that's what that game came down
1: to. Yeah, listen, I'm a neutral guy. I'm just telling yeah. you, they're in the conversation. I'm not sure they're better. We can debate it. Yeah, but they're in the conversation. They will not. It makes the game. They faced Alabama like, like when Mackelway won the East or whatever, yeah, yeah. and they were outmatched. Man, they didn't have a chance. Like it, it was like an 18 point spread, and it should have been 28. That's sure. not going to be the case. Yeah. This is a matchup that will be highly entertaining to watch, no doubt about it. What about Clemson-Notre Dame? Is Notre Dame as legit as they looked the other night? I mean, was it Trevor Lawrence or not? We'll find out next on ESPN Night.
3: Probably the most impressive success story among the bees and wasps is that of the honeybee. It's found ways of living in huge colonies, up to 80,000 at a time. A community driven by the efficient exploitation of flowers and the production of offspring. Honeybees can even communicate the location of particularly productive flowers
1: to others back in their nest. The birds and the bee ba- uh, birthday yep. bash. There you go. But,
2: but we keep chopping trees down and we keep... Uh... You know, having new growth developments where we gotta pave over the wildlife just so we can put up a new condo, a new apartment complex, and it's killing the flowers
1: yeah. and it's killing the pollen count. Stop taking away golf courses. Yeah,
2: I'm sure it's all Brett Martin took your allergies, right? You you'd probably rather see all the flowers go away.
1: Nah, I don't think flowers get me. What is it's pollen, right? I I think it's actually the um the pine. Ooh, yeah, it's. Stay out of the Pacific Northwest, then. Yeah, but I, I think that one's a worse one for me. Pine, huh? Yeah, I mean, okay. pollen will get you. I mean, but I feel like it gets a little bit of everything, but I think the pine one might be worse. Okay. I don't know. When I, I went and got allergy uh, shots or, or tested, yeah, years, I was allergic to everything. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> it was yeah. like, wow, like how have I lived this long? <laughs> You well, know, yeah. I mean, but that's how miserable I was. I had like sinus stuff and sure. the allergies. I'll be both. honest. You haven't had that in a while though. It seems like you're doing great. Knock right? on wood, man. It's yeah. been
2: coming tomorrow. I
1: told you COVID symptoms. Listen, if I could do one thing over in my life, hopefully Steph's tutoring. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now Brett, where we go with this? It might not be get married, <laughs> might not be have kids. Okay. Might not be go to college. Okay. It would be have sinus surgery. Sinus. <laughs> Like if I had to do one thing over. Yeah. Sinus surgery was a game changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean the other things it's were game important. changers too, but Yeah,
2: yeah. So they say like when you get um so if you have like no surgery, right, you fix like a septum like hopefully I can fix one day. But like after you're done and you breathe for the first time, it's like you're breathing like completely
1: different. Like is it like it's like night and day, right yeah, or it, not so much for you. No, it was. It, yeah. it was it was it's more the long-term part of it for me yeah, that it wasn't. But it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like this aha moment. You know, oh, okay. I'm like you know, ah, like yeah, I can yeah. smell again or <laughs> yeah. something like it, it, I don't want to be over dramatic. It wasn't. But it's I mean, I seriously I got to the point where I felt like probably 2 to 3 times a week. Like if you go back and listen to my packages okay. that we've done on TV stories that we, that's what we call mm-hmm. stories yeah, that we do on TV. And if you listen to those from like six years ago, mm-hmm. every one of them, like my my voice track in that is it's clogged up, sure, like you can tell, yeah, and so like it was two or three times like it was miserable. Just miserable because Especially I was sneezing and talking and, and all that. It's like, hard to breathe though. I'm sure it would sure, have dude. been really bad in the pandemic. Yeah. Oh yeah. everybody would be You'd like, have get been away from zero, me. Zero man. You'd have been yeah. my outlier. Yeah. But I'm, so that's what it changed. Like I don't do. I'll have a day or two here or there, but mm-hmm. not near to that amount as I knock on wood. Knock so, on wood for sure. Um, so that's that's where it's at. Cool. Hey, Notre Dame, Clemson. That was a fun game. Fun game. We ran a little late now, Saturday Night Live and yeah. everything, but it's all right. Super fun game. Is Notre yeah. Dame good enough to compete for a national title, or was that a one-off? I'm not sold, all right? Really? Call me a hater if you want to. I'm not sold
2: quite yet. Let me see what happens. we got Trevor Lawrence going against you, right? And I get what we're saying. Trevor Lawrence probably on the Heisman voting right now. But to me, like this is the biggest testament to Trevor Lawrence winning the Heisman Trophy, Look what Clemson has done without Trevor Lawrence. Look at what Clemson has done with like ETN and all the, this you know this high caliber offense and a decent defense. Look how they performed so well without him out, not being in there. Like to me, Trevor Lawrence sitting out, that is the biggest positive for him winning the Heisman. Is like they've regressed
1: since then. I know, but well, they have. Listen, I this kid played fantastic though. He did. Like he played well. I mean, Big Cinco, he threw. 426 yards or something. Yeah. Like, they did not lose the game because of the quarterback spot. Now, yeah. what What you don't know, like, I had this conversation with Ty. He's like, well, they didn't, Lawrence wouldn't have done better. I was like, well, mm. I'll just give you an example. In the last series, when he takes the sack, yep. the first sack, Lawrence might not have taken that sack. Yep. The second sack is like, that was a great effort by Notre Dame, if you remember, yeah. jumped over the right, well, the left tackle. They have a great defensive line. That's not get that twisted either. No, yeah. But, uh, my point is I wonder if an experienced Lawrence gets you out of gets help on that side, yeah. sees that's coming a little bit before the snap. I don't know. Yeah. But I gotta believe he helps you a little bit. Yeah. And I just feel like this kid they didn't lose because of the kid. They yeah. didn't lose because, well, Trevor Lawrence is this and this and this freshman quarterback's that. Yeah. This
2: kid so played well. Before we go to break here, so listening to Dabble Sweeney's game plan and like how he approached this week, I don't want him in Jacksonville anymore. Like if it was gonna be a Trevor Lawrence Dabble Sweeney kind of deal. No, dabble, absolutely not. Because did you know what he was doing? So like, the, the, they toured the campus of Notre Dame. Then they watched Rudy the night before the game. Like to me, you're putting Notre Dame like in this high prestigious category where they're like larger than life. Like, why would you do that? Like, wh- wh- why why would you give Notre Dame so much credit? Like psychologically, they can mess
1: you up. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't hear that. Yeah. What's interesting is you probably didn't hear the part where he took a sledgehammer to the TV while Rudy was getting carried off the field. <laughs> no, let's
3: go
2: kick. Yeah, I know. Man. I hope that's the case. But it just seemed like the whole week, like he was putting Notre Dame on such a pedestal. Like, hey, guys, this is a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You're Clemson.
1: Yeah. You win national championships. Who cares about Rudy? He was offsides anyway. <laughs> Listen, Brian Kelly, by the way, I think deserves a nod. I think he's done a very good job at Notre Dame. And that was a great win for Brian Kelly. Finally That's won the a game big one. that Notre Dame in that situation loses and Clemson finds a way to win. It didn't happen. We'll be back, talk a little bit more about the NFL and the Jags when we come back on ESPN 690.
0: Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy-eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty-three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by E, or Summit four by E.